This is Palm Sunday, and the events of Palm Sunday are the beginning of Jesus' journey into Jerusalem and ultimately Jesus' journey to the cross. Palm Sunday is the starting point of that journey. And the triumphal entry, as it's been called, is this moment where Jesus is making his way into the city gates of Jerusalem and where the people have acknowledged his coming and they begin to celebrate. They begin to praise him. They begin to shout with joy. And the palm branches were a customary sign of of acknowledging that someone important was in your midst, that in fact royalty had arrived. And so they laid down the palm branches. And yet, in the middle of this story, there are people who don't quite know what is happening. In the middle of this story, there are quite a few people who are um, taking part in what's happening, but don't quite fully realize what it is. In fact, I'm not sure anyone in this story really knew the significance of this moment. You had the people who were praising. You had the people who were singing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And yet, I wonder if they knew why they were praising. Why they were celebrating Jesus entering this place. And then you had the teachers, you had the Pharisees, you had people who said, um, tell your disciples to be quiet. They didn't think it was appropriate for the praise to be taking place. They didn't know what was going on either. And Jesus says, if they don't sing, the rocks will sing on their behalf. Jesus said, it is appropriate in this moment for there to be praise. Palm Sunday is not a somber moment. It is a moment of praise for us. Jesus knows this. The people who saw him coming knew it. Even if they didn't know quite why they were singing the praises of God. You see, in the middle of this story, the triumphal entry means... The victorious entry. They were celebrating something here. They were celebrating a victory that was yet to come. There's a few questions from this story. Um, The first question is, where is Jesus headed? Some of the questions that I think are important to this story is, what were the people celebrating? Why were they celebrating? And why did they say the things that they said? And how did they respond? I want to just read part of this story from Luke's Gospel. It's actually a story that's recorded in all four of the Gospels, which tells us that all four of the Gospel writers said this was a story that needed to be in their book. So let's just read part from Luke chapter 20, or sorry, 19. And there's a few things in Luke's gospel that I think are important to this story for us. So we have the first part where he tells his disciples to go and to get the donkey and to get the, um, the not the goat, um, the colt, and bring them to him. 
And it's those very two that he rides into the city. It says, when they came near, in verse 37, when he came near the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. These were people that had seen what Jesus had done. And so they praised him for what he had done. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They didn't feel that their praise was appropriate. Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. So in the middle of a celebration that Jesus says is appropriate, Jesus himself is weeping. He's crying. And he says this, If you, even you, speaking of Jerusalem, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. This moment was celebrating a victory. These people thought Jesus was coming with a victory on their behalf. This moment was celebrating peace. These people thought Jesus came to establish peace for them. And both of those things are true. And yet, They didn't know the extent of the victory or the peace that Jesus would bring. They didn't know the extent of the victory or the peace that Jesus would bring. You see, they thought that the victory was over Rome. They thought that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem to free them from captivity at the hands of the Romans. And thus bringing peace to a people who had not known peace because they had been taken captive from one people to the next. And so they celebrated Jesus is coming and he's bringing a victory. And Jesus says your praise is right. But you don't understand the victory that I come to bring. Jesus says... If you only knew the peace that I come to bring. You would see this day a lot different. Where is Jesus headed? Where is Jesus headed? We've been in a series called In Pursuit of You. And it's this incredible truth that God has been in pursuit of each one of us. God has been pursuing us from the very beginning of time. From that very moment that we saw, that we read about today, that moment in the garden where Adam and Eve realized they were naked, when they realized their sin had separated them from God, and and in fact they tried to separate themselves from God because of their actions, from that very moment, God has been in pursuit of humanity that has 
been comfortable and seeking after hiding. When sin entered the world, our reaction in light of God's love was to hide from it. Our reaction in light of God was to hide because of sin. And in the garden, in that moment, God says, where are you? And he's coming to them to clothe them in the middle of the realization that they were naked. Where was Jesus headed? Jesus continues the pursuit of God on our behalf. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of the pursuit of God on our behalf. And he's headed into Jerusalem to sit on a throne, but not the throne that these people thought. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem to sit on a throne, but before he can sit on a throne, he must hang on a tree. Jesus is seated on the throne of victory, but before victory could be declared, he had to go to the tree. Jesus came for victory. He headed into Jerusalem with that victory in mind, but it was not the victory that the people were celebrating. But it was a deeper and more sufficient and long-lasting victory, the victory that they needed and the victory that we need. It was the victory of God on our behalf over the very thing that has separated us from him from the beginning. It was the victory over sin. It was the victory over death. That's what Jesus came to accomplish. Jesus was headed to the cross for their behalf and for ours to bring about a victory. And ultimately to bring about our peace. I want to read this. It's uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-five. This is the victory that this moment was truly about. This moment was about a victory, but it wasn't a victory over Rome. It was a victory over sin and death. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55, it says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, because he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Another translation says, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. This day, Palm Sunday, is a day to celebrate because it is the beginning of the victory that's been accomplished for you and for me. Hebrews. You guys know I love the book of Hebrews. I had to fit it in here, okay? Hebrews 2, talking again about that victory. Hebrews 2. This is, this is beautiful. This is why Jesus came. Hebrews 2, verse 14. It says, Since the children have flesh and blood, 
he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Jesus came to bring freedom. But not from Roman occupation, but from the fear of death. For surely it's not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. Verse 17. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. That is the victory that this day is about. This day is also about peace. And Jesus said if they had only known what would bring them peace. If they had only known what would bring them peace. The peace that came did not come because Jesus was showing up to overthrow the Romans. In fact, Jesus did something very significant in entering the way that he did this day. You see, if Jesus was coming to overthrow by force the very people that were occupying Jerusalem, he would have came in on a horse. He would have come in with an army. That's how you show up to show that you mean business. That's how you show up to announce that you're coming to overthrow somebody. You roll up on a horse. How did Jesus show up? On a donkey. Not exactly intimidating, is it? Not exactly traveling in style. He shows up on a donkey, as the prophet Zechariah said would be the case. This had been foretold that the Savior, the King, he would come and he would come this way. And it's as if to show us that God, in bringing the victory, brought it in an unexpected way. He brought it in humility. He brought it through the obedience that he had to his father. He brought it through the oneness that he had with his father. He brought it in willingness. He came into that city bringing peace. Not to take peace, but to bring peace. Through his life. Through his life laid down. And Jesus said, if they had only known what would bring them peace. And he spoke that over a people that in a few days would turn on him. He spoke it over a people who would go from celebration to mockery. From celebration to anger and hatred. Was he surprised? No. And in fact, it was for those very hearts and for those very things, for the hatred, for the mockery, for the anger that he died. 
for those very things that show up in our own hearts. Jesus came to bring peace. The question that I have for us is, how do we not miss the truth that this day ushers in? How do we not miss the victory that is at hand? The victory that's been accomplished. And how do we live in light of the peace that God has brought? In light of the peace that Jesus himself accomplished on our behalf. I want to read this this verse in Ephesians 2 talking about that peace and then talking about how we can take hold of these things. Ephesians 2, verse 13. Verse 13, it says this. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Jesus is your peace. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh through his life poured out the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. See, the peace that God has brought through his Son is peace with the one who made you. The victory that Jesus accomplished on your behalf is so that you could have peace and a relationship with the very one who made you, the Father. It's not so that you could just have a little bit of comfort or a good feeling in your day, but it's actually so that you could have peace deep down and thus a relationship based on that peace with the one who made you for that very purpose. Jesus' victory removes the very thing that has brought hostility so that you can have peace with God. That's the victory, and that's the peace that we have. Are you with me? This is actually a reason to do this with your face. This is good news. This is good news. The victory has already been won. I know, technically, Easter is still seven days away, but guess what? The victory was won a long time ago. Are you with me? We're not pretending that the resurrection hasn't already happened. It has. And in fact, the way that we miss this is when we lose sight that the victory has already arrived. The victory has already arrived for your life. Take a hold of it. Receive it. If you're still trying to do this thing on your own, perhaps it's because you haven't realized what's been accomplished for you already. Jesus has won the victory for you. 
receive it. When you receive it, then you will have it. Some of us are still trying to do this thing on our own as if we can. The whole purpose of Jesus' journey to the cross was because you can't. And he's saying, will you receive my victory on your behalf? It's already, it's already here. So the question is, where do you need his victory to show up? Just think about that for a minute. Where do you need the truth of the risen Christ to show up in your life? What are you still living in defeat with? That might be a good place to start. Where is there still defeat, discouragement, disappointment, doubt, struggle? That's a good place to start. Will you let his victory prove itself in your life? Some of us, maybe all of us actually, in some way, we still need the truth of what we already have in Jesus to show up in our life. And I believe God is saying, I want to prove myself strong. I want to prove myself capable in your life. Will you let me? It might even start, it might even be starting by saying, God, I can't do this on my own. That's a really good place to start. God, I need you to accomplish this. I need the truth of what you've already accomplished to prove itself real in my life. God is actually really okay with you asking him to prove himself in your life in that way. Some people say, well, you're not supposed to test God. God is saying, no, test me. So, because I want to prove the sufficiency of what I've done already. We're not waiting for him to do it. He's already done it. It's a once and for all thing. The peace. Let's talk about the peace for a minute and then we're going to close. Your peace is not circumstantial. If you let peace be a matter of circumstance in your life, or maybe, let's say it this way, when we let peace be a matter of circumstance, let's just be honest, okay? When we let peace be a matter of circumstances, we've lost sight of what Jesus done, what he has accomplished already. When we let peace be a matter of our circumstances, we've lost sight of what Jesus has already accomplished on our behalf. Are you hearing me? Maybe you're deep in thought thinking about that thing right now that has come in and upset the truth of peace in your life. Peace is a position. This is what this is about. This Ephesians 2 says peace is a position that you now are in. It's not a feeling or a circumstance. It's a position that you're now in. You have peace. It's a state of relationship. It's a state of relationship at the core with God. You are at peace. God is not angry with you. 
He's not waiting for you to do something till he will love you. You're at peace with God, and Jesus has proved that. Jesus accomplished it on your behalf. You've traded in, okay, if you, if you didn't have any clue what was happening earlier, we have traded in those old clothes for new ones. The new clothes, our new clothes are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. The righteousness is the thing that has attained our peace with God and allowed us to know him, allowed us to not have to hide from him anymore. You have permission to not hide from God anymore because of the peace of Jesus poured out on your behalf. If you're hiding from God, he's saying, I have given you permission to stop. I'm not someone to be hid from anyway. If you knew what I'm really like, you won't hide from me. You'll run to me. Peace is a position, and it's not determined by our circumstances. But if you let it be determined by your circumstance, let it be determined by this circumstance. The event that was Jesus' death. Let your peace be determined by that situation. It happened. It was accomplished. It is finished. It's been settled. You have peace with God. And the realization that you have peace with your maker will usher in peace in your situation. It will usher in peace in spite of your situation. So let's just pray for that. And I, I just feel like, especially that right there, there's, there's a lot that's going on right now. And there's a heaviness, perhaps, in some people's hearts. And I just want to pray. I just want to pray that, regardless of what you heard or didn't hear tonight, that the truth that's already present because of Jesus would find its way into your heart. And that you would know the peace that is Jesus on your behalf. That you wouldn't run any longer. That you wouldn't find yourself trying to do what he has already done. to stop hiding the Holy Spirit on your behalf is saying you don't have to miss it some of you just need to stop worrying that you've missed it or you will miss it the Holy Spirit is saying I will help you even right now he's helping he's helping in the room He's helping us to see the victory that is already in Jesus. And he's helping us to know the very first fruits of that, peace with the Father. 
his love freely given and now the ability to love him in return.